Hello, everybody. Today we have Jason Kalipa, the former CrossFit Games winner in 2008, I believe. Yes. Uh, he owns a string of gyms, jujitsu guy, interesting dude. Uh, there was a little bit of lag in this episode, so that was kind of hard to navigate around, but we did our best. Yeah. And yeah, so I guess go check out our sponsors. Adaptive Tactical, adaptivetactical.com, promo code MP20. That'll get you 20% off of everything on the website. Yeah. Free shipping if you spend over $50. Go check out Mountain Primal Meat, mountainprimal.com, promo code Mission Prep, all one word. Get your meat. Get your meat. Um, yeah. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. We've, uh, I think we mentioned last week we have some people lined up that are going to come on. We got some cool guests coming at you guys. So, yeah, so exciting. What's new with you? Nothing. That'd be cool if there was. I know we're pretty boring. You have school. That's about yeah. it. Maybe I'll get my nipples pierced next week and talk about that. You should. I think they already are, but it's fine. <laughs> Shit. But no, yeah. So uh, enjoy this episode, and we'll see you guys next week. All right, so we are here today with Jason Kalipa, and if you want to, go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners and let them know kind of who you are. Sure, no problem. Uh, I'm the founder of NC Fit. Uh, we are a global fitness company. I'm a CrossFit Games champion, competed there for almost a decade. Um, big, big, big supporter of pediatric cancer and uh, kids fighting cancer, and uh, husband, dad, and I love to roll jiu-jitsu. Hell yeah. Yeah, we... Uh... We have that in common. We both like jujitsu, Kevin as well. And he used to own a CrossFit gym, yeah, here in Boise. It, 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 I felt it apply over so well. <clears throat> Not only just being like me wrestling and football as a teenager, anyway, but when you're you train yourself to be more, maybe I mean genetics have a part to do with it. But when you train to be very explosive and then you get into jujitsu and you actually apply it, it's like. I don't know. It's just, it's really nice to be able to do that versus coming out of like maybe a long distance running background into jujitsu. I feel like you have an upper hand as long as you're, you're learning with the curb, you know? Mm. Um, no, I really like that. How long have you been doing jujitsu? Uh, six years. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah. So quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Well, yeah, I, I started, well, it's been 2018. I, I haven't done it now in the last year, um, with all the craziness that's happened, but because the gym was shut down and stuff for a while and all that. But, uh, when I started, I had no background at all. I never wrestled. I didn't do anything other than I was, I'm like a big guy. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm a big guy. I could probably hold my own. And I, <laughs> I learned really quick that that's not the, the case. Yeah, absolutely. No, definitely not. <laughs> it's uh, There's a lot of technique involved, of course. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and my, my coach, the guy that owns it, he was a pro fighter for 13 years. And he, he's very, very good at jujitsu. And he's much smaller than me. And I learned really quick that the size doesn't play that big of a, a part in it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Dude, um, so so I started CrossFit, I think, or I know, it was in 2008. I had just gotten in the Army in, like, January 2008. And then the guys in my unit, they had started it in, like, 04, 05, you know. So they got indoctrinated into it pretty quickly. And that was – we came back, I think, for my first deployment in 2009. 
And right after I was like super into CrossFit at the time and I got, you know, every second counts. And that was my first introduction, introduction new, like, you know, um, that and Miko Sala when he won in 2009, you know? And, oh yeah. Yeah. Super impressive. Cause I had to go back and do all the workouts. Like that was our thing. We came back and we had like a week or two of just like not training or anything. You're just kind of recovering from the deployment. So we were like, we did all the 2008 CrossFit games, you know, within a matter of like four days or something like that. And then 2009 games, same thing, but it was super fun to go back and just repeat them all and try to like put ourselves in your guys' shoes a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, but that was very impressive. That was just like the cool, the cool stories to kind of talk to you now is to when we first saw you win, you know, it was the guy that no one was watching and it just, you know, blew everybody up, you know? Yeah. That documentary is pretty cool. Actually. Um, it, it, you know, the, it's called every second counts. And it's just a cool documentary because they tracked a few CrossFit athletes for a while. And then I, I kind of came out of the blue. I knew quite a few people there. Um, they had seen me one time at like a CrossFit level one. And, but aside from that, they didn't really know who I was. They had no idea. And, uh, it was just cool to kind of come out of nowhere and win. And, you know, th those events were really unique because it'll be the only games year ever where they could do it the way they did it because the time domains were all relatively similar. Traditionally, if you're looking at a CrossFit games, you have long events, short events. And so you couldn't do it the way they did it, where they basically did your culmination of times. But the only way you could do that is if all the events had similar time domains, more or less, mm -hmm. specifically shorter ones. Um, because if you start, like, let's just say the, let's just say they did the same thing now, but you had an hour long event and someone finished in 45 minutes, someone else finished in 55. I mean, making up 10 minutes on a workout is very, very difficult, especially for a short one. So back then they weren't really testing multiple, multiple time domains. A lot of them were pretty short. And, um, so it led to a very, uh, I think from a, like a, uh, cool finish. I, th I thought it was a cool way to finish it. Yeah, absolutely. And that, yeah. And, and there's certain guys, there's certain people like me being one of them, one of them for sure who, you know, that's where I excel. Like I'm not going to excel on a Murph or anything like that. Like my attention span doesn't even go that far anyway, but like, yeah. in like 14 minute sub workouts, like, yeah, I'm going to go fucking wreck house. And so let's do a bunch of those, you know, five to 14 minutes, you know? Um, yeah, but you're, you know, I, I noticed that too. Like as it was going along, you know, Especially like around 2012 and, and after that, I noticed, I don't know, I just got a lot different, not in a bad way whatsoever. And really cool, like just getting out of the box a little bit, you know, and I don't know who, if that was all Dave Castro, I don't know exactly how that works, but that was pretty cool. Well, they were trying to test for the fittest and, you know, to do that, they had to go long, they had to go short. And I think it's evolved over the years for sure. Um, I, I don't know what the future is going to hold. I have no idea, yeah. um, but it's, it's been interesting to watch. Yeah, I know. I got I got introduced to CrossFit in 2016, right? That's when you 15. had 15. And I started going to his gym. We grew up together, and he was telling me forever I should come do it. And I had no weightlifting background or anything in, in any type. And getting into that was really cool because this is the first time I ever went to a gym and kind of felt not – I was lost a little bit, but I felt kind of accepted no matter what was happening. And then I got into, like, watching the, the games and all that stuff and – it's it's just kind of a cool world. I know there's been some craziness within the CrossFit world the past, you know, what is it, year or two with all the stuff with Glassman and all that stuff. And I know a lot of people are not affiliated with them anymore. You included, I believe. Yeah, I mean it's 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 that, but it was many years before that too. But was yeah, it? was it, it to the public eye? It was the last like year or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've I've heard that from a few people I follow or I listen to that there was a lot of stuff going on a lot for a while. But, Long time. But and then I don't know, like it seems like especially after that, the 
the fandom of the of CrossFit itself has kind of died off, you know? Like the people don't follow it like they were back in 2015, 2016 at all. If that makes sense. Yeah, you're saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That happens with anything though. I mean, we there was a lot I don't think CrossFit's a fad like some of the shit that came out in the 80s and early 90s because it's it's foundation I still feel is applicable. Like you know, a strength and conditioning program with high intensity performed gymnastic skills and working on flexibility and everything else. Like there's really nothing else that is allowing you to offer such a broad spectrum of movement, your incapacity. It's very, it's usually a lot, it's usually less nuanced, but the nuances are good as long as you can put time into it and understand it, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? Like, yeah, but. Oh. So how, that's actually something I'm interested in. How did you get into doing CrossFit like what was your your background before that uh so I was working at the conventional gym for a long time uh and I got introduced to CrossFit when I was oh, let's just see 19 um 19 and 20 mm-hmm. I got introduced to it and at that point it was really early on it was 2006 and um yeah I fell in love with the idea of a coach a clock a community and over the years it's had a lot of ups and downs you know mainly a lot of ups especially up through like 2016, it was on a, it was on a rage and it was going. And, um, I was really proud to be a part of that. Traveled the world of CrossFit, taught a lot of seminars, competed professionally in it for a long time. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it made a big mark on my life. And I like to think that our business wouldn't be what it is today, obviously without CrossFit. And we, we learned a lot from the methodology and kind of, uh, evolved it the way we wanted to see it for, for within the walls of our gyms at NC fit. Mm, okay. Yeah, because I don't know, like I said, when I first got into it, it was kind of, I would say, in its height because it was on ESPN, all that good stuff, you know, and then now it seems like, like, I think people are aware of like a CrossFit workout and CrossFit gyms, but like the CrossFit games and stuff is foreign to a lot of people, I think now, because it's not on ESPN, I don't think, is it? I don't know. I (laughs) I, I haven't followed along with it for, for a while, but... But yeah, I don't know. I, I the workouts themselves, especially for somebody like me with no background in in weightlifting and stuff, it worked really well for me because I felt comfortable doing it. And I also I like the like the sport aspect of it, I guess, or the competition aspect of it. Right. Even if you're just competing with like your friend in the gym, like to me that made the workout more bearable. Right. Well, I mean, like we, yeah, we've talked about it before. Like, I mean, t- testosterone and dopamine are somewhat hand or synonymous in a sense, right? <laughs> Like that reward signal you get, the dopamine signal you get from competing against somebody. So just it's driving your testosterone and vice versa, right? So that's why I think it's one of the big reasons why it's so addictive. Like, especially as former athletes, right? Like, like I have to win. I have to do better. I have to do better so that I can win or beat my, even just beat myself, right? To be competitive. And testosterone is a driving thing for that. So now you're getting addicted to something and you're getting these reward signals from it. Um, especially when you get clients that are you know, 43 year old, you know, people that haven't competed in anything in a long time and they're re, you know, rewiring their brain again for this. And it's like, Oh fuck, I'm addicted, you know? And it's really cool to see the people will get that like, like-minded mindset, you know? So how many, how many gyms do you have? Um, let's see between owned, operated, licensed or corporate. It's kind of complicated. Um, about 30 oh, wow. in that, in that case. Um, we own and operate four, we operate another 12 and then we license another 11. So you, you're just a little bit busy. 
Uh, no, I mean, look, our business has a few different verticals, right? So we have we have brick and mortar locations that we we love, um, which is like kind of like the pinnacle of what we provide, mm-hmm. the coaching, the the programming, all that kind of stuff. Then we have a, um, a digital model where we have some for gym owners called the collective, and we have some for the end user, which is just called the NC Fit app that you can download on you know Android or iOS or whatever. Mm-hmm. And those are really the verticals that build up our business: corporate wellness, brick and mortar, and digital. For uh jujitsu wise do you uh, do you own jujitsu gym or you just do you just no do i just i just attend i'm okay. just a student yeah because i've been following you online I, I know you do it but i wasn't sure if you were involved in owning any gyms no back in the day we used to have jujitsu at a few of our different locations we subleased out to but that's not something we do today oh, okay gotcha that's cool how many do you have any, you have any overseas right yeah so we have locations in uh we have three in malaysia uh, we have Thailand, China, Japan, um, and those are going to be corporate wellness locations with uh, Western Digital. And so we run the fitness within their companies, which is a pretty cool endeavor. We started that maybe, man, um, probably coming up on ten years here, and uh, it's been it's been it's been great. Hmm. That's really cool. So, how often do you get to travel over there, or do you? I used to travel over there all the time before okay. COVID. I was on a plane probably once a week. Um, now. I've um, obviously because of COVID, I, I reduced that a ton. Once I can travel again to Asia, I, I do. I need to go out there to go check on a few things. Oh, so, super cool. I have a question, like regarding the COVID stuff with your gyms. How how did that affect, especially in California, which is a little more restrictive than some other states? Um, how did that affect what you do, like with everything having to shut down and and all that crazy stuff? Well, I mean, it's been detrimental from a revenue perspective. I mean, we had hundreds of thousands of dollars a month get turned off which is very difficult. Um, but that being said, right, it was at the time outside of our control. Mm-hmm. And so what was in our control is pivoting for more digital and looking for diversified revenue streams. And so, you know, now looking back on it, COVID allowed us to solidify our team, get more buy-in, focus on our culture and expand more digitally. So for that, I'm very grateful and um, the challenges on brick and mortar, you know, we're coming out of it. We're building back. I mean, in the Bay Area, we still have mask mandates, but hopefully those are going to go away pretty soon. But you, you're allowed to be open now. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Good. Yeah, because like uh, we were talking about before I started recording, because uh, I had listened to your podcast today and you you talked a little bit about the podcast you were on. And so I went back to listen to that. And like you were saying before, like if people can sit down and have a conversation, even if you have different views, especially with something as polarizing as COVID and vaccines and all that stuff. Like, it seems like if you watch the internet or the news that everybody hates each other because they got a vaccine or didn't get a vaccine. But going back and listening to that podcast you were on and you, you mentioned, you know, you, you were vaccinated and then those guys who it seemed like you're friends with were not, you guys didn't get mad at each other. You had a conversation about it, which is, I think what needs to happen. And I think it does happen. I just think if you watch social media or the the news, you think that that's not happening. You think, well, cause everybody's yelling at each other online. Exactly. And when you actually sit down and talk to somebody, it's because it's not sexy to, for a headline to be, you know, these people come together and have a discussion. What they want to do is they want to create divide division. Right. And so if you're not paying attention, you can get sucked up into it really bad, including myself, right. Where you can just assume everybody hates each other. Mm-hmm. But the reality is a lot of people, most people, can see the bigger picture in that, hey, there's people that are vaccinated, there's people that are unvaccinated, there's different reasons for that. And mm-hmm. we should just talk about it. And you might disagree with them, but it doesn't mean that they're a bad human. Um, 
And so anyways, that, yeah. that was a lot of what the podcast was about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I agree. I agree with that statement. Um, like myself, same. I, I got vaccinated because I felt that was right for me and my family. And I know people that have not. And when I talk to them, I tell them like, this is why I did it. And yeah, I think you should, but I'm not going to hate you if you don't do it. And I think that's more normal than, than it's painted out to be. And Oh I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And listening to you on that podcast, it was really cool to kind of hear you speak your side, you know, and you didn't, you didn't like go around the bushes, beat around the bushes, like saying, you know, trying to make it look a certain way. You told them why you did what you did. You talked about your daughter and that meant a lot to me being a father. I mean, my kids are the most important thing in the world to me. Yeah. And that's, that's another reason I, I chose to get vaccinated. My, my kids, I, they're not old enough to do so. So I want them to be safe and take every precaution I can, you know? Yeah. And it's a big deal. I mean, it's cause it's affecting most people. It's affecting everyday life. You know, I can't fucking, you know, I had to miss what a year, a year of being in person in school. So now I'm like getting ready to graduate and like, cool. I've missed last year of being a person. It's not the same thing at all. And you're still paying out the same amount of money. You know, it's, um, I mean, it's a jab bill, so I can't say I'm paying money, but you're like, they're, you're, you're still missing out on a lot, you know? Um, and people are neurotic when they're on the, they're on the own little bubbles, you know? Cause when you're going to school, like now I'm in, in person again, like you're around other smart people. I would hope, I mean, it's a physics program. I hope they're smart, but, but they're all vaccinated. Cause it's like, well, we want to be in person. If we want to get, you know, good PhDs in physics, we need to be here working with these, you know, top tier, tier one professors to understand what the fuck we're doing instead of doing going online and kind of just missing out on the education, you know? Um, and so if a step forward to doing that or being virtuous in any way is getting a vaccine that is supposed to help you and people around you, then do it, mm -hmm. you know, and stop polarizing people for doing the opposite. You know, I think it's really interesting, especially when someone says, Oh, if you got it, like stay away from me. Like what? <laughs> like, that makes absolutely that's no the sense. worst. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I don't want anything to do with you because you got it. You're obviously, dumber than I am mm -hmm. and they work at a fucking, you know, a gas station. So <laughs> nothing wrong like, with working at a gas station. Sorry, I know what you, I know what you, you mean. Know, yeah. But no, like, like I agree just because somebody doesn't think the same way you think doesn't make them a horrible person. No, it really doesn't. You can, yeah. And that's something we've kind of talked about on this podcast a million times is that as different as some of us are, we all, we all want the same things. We want our kids to be healthy. We want our families to be healthy. We want to be successful. And, I think having conversations like you did on that podcast where you guys disagreed a little bit, but that's what needs to happen. And then people can hear that and think like, okay, Hey, everybody's not fighting, you know? Yeah. That's exactly what that podcast is about. So yeah, yeah I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad we did that. I mean, that went out to a lot of people. So it was good. Yeah. And good. I enjoyed it. And like I said, I had never listened to that podcast before, but I had heard, I saw you were on it. I went back and listened and it was cool. There was a good conversation you guys had. Yeah, thanks. So, I appreciate that. So I like that. And we've, we've had that a couple times on ours where we'll have somebody on who we don't necessarily agree with, but that doesn't make mean we can't be friends with them. Right. And I think it's important to show, show we don't have a huge following, but we have a following and showing anybody that's listening to this that people can get along, no matter their political or religious or any of those views. Like people can still be friends mm -hmm. and still be on the same page. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so anyways, I, I, I like that podcast yeah. when you were on there. <laughs> Long way around to saying that I, yeah. I, I like that. And, and I like the because like with our podcast here, we we started this off with wanting to talk to all sorts of different people, right? From different backgrounds. And 
it kind of, we got into this little niche of having the same type of people on every single episode. And then you, you create like an echo chamber, I think is what you call it, where everybody's thinking the same way. And I, I don't, neither of us want that. We want to hear other perspectives. And, and like, that's one reason I reached out to you. You're an athlete, you're a professional athlete. You, you're a little different than what we've had on in the past. Cause we had mostly turned into like military veterans and gun guys. For some reason, that's just the road it went down. And cause he's a military veteran and, and that's kind of how it went, but we wanted to start reaching out to some different people, like athletes like yourself, people from different backgrounds, and get some more perspective for people yeah. to hear, okay. if yeah. that makes Plus sense. Plus, everyone's interesting. I fucking loved having Rob on, the yeah. big son of a bitch. Yeah. But, um, no, so I want to ask a little bit, because I know some people that do use the app and everything. Like, So I guess where, where did your – because your methodology for your program differs a little bit, and I think for the better, because I've seen it, and I think it's very well thought out. Like what, I guess, what kind of drove you to branch out a little bit? I mean, I know it's a lot of it's probably experience, you know, but, um, yeah, can we get like into your methodology a little bit, like in your programming? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the best way to think about it is like, I've been in the trenches coaching classes with thousands of athletes in our gyms. Personally, I've witnessed it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not hypothetical. It's personally. Yeah. And then we put out programs to a thousand gyms every single day. So we receive a lot of feedback and we use that feedback to determine the next steps for our programs. And so it's really just an evolution about bridging the gap between um, kind of what people want, what people need and providing a variety of different solutions for that. Because if people want to snatch and rope climb, we got you covered. Our model is not traditional CrossFit. It's a variation of that where it's more practical application that we've used because we're in the trenches. Or you could just do our NCX program, which is fundamental strength conditioning. You won't snatch. You won't rope climb. You won't do overhead squats in that program. And that's okay, right? And then we have other programs that are dumbbell only or potentially a new one we're releasing called NC Flex that's a little bit more bodybuilding focused. And so for us at our gyms, we're focused on functional training. We're focusing on helping athletes live better outside the gym to live a free and full life, right? To be able to go do things. And our workouts in the gym are designed to compete to complement that. And so you're not going to find us just coming in and doing 30 muscle-ups for time hmm. because n- most people, most of the time will not get a good stimulus from that because they haven't had an exposure nor do they even want to at most parts. So for us, we are not old school, traditional three on one off single modality day CrossFit. And that's okay. And if someone wants that, there's a lot of programs available for them, but for us, we're going to take a little bit more uh, forward, forward, more practical approach based on our experiences. Right. No, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I think a lot, um, there's always been these weird waves in CrossFit too, of going between like, Oh, we're going to start out with strength. Oh, we're not like, cause it's going to burn you out before you do your, you know, like Metcon. And it kind of, it became in itself a little neurotic, I think. Um, because like, what was, what was wrong with doing strength first? What was wrong with getting a good release of free testosterone before you did something else that was maybe what you were practicing in the strength, right? Like I never saw an issue with that as long as we're burning ourselves out. Like, and I really like that. Cause I've seen, like I said, I've seen some of the program you guys have, I have some friends that use, use them. Like, it's awesome. Like I would definitely follow it. Cause I like, I, it looks fun, but it's very applicable to what we're trying to, you know, get out of it, you know? So that's why I kind of wanted to pick your brain on it because it's a very well thought out program uh, for sure. And we have a really good team too, right? Because we've been doing this for so long, we now have 10 full-time people that all they do is focus on programming. Okay. So we have our 
2022 roadmap already complete. Then we break it down from 2022 to quarterly, to monthly, to weekly, to daily. We test every workout that's performed at our gyms. Um, and we have a team of experts that curate these things. So they're tested, they're curated by people who do coach. And that's all their full-time gig is, right? So they coach maybe, I don't know, five to 10 classes a week at the most. And the rest of their time is spent programming. Wow. Okay. Did you see like a, a huge upswing on the, on that side of things, like the app side of things with COVID? Well, the collective saw some growth because we provided gym owners tools that we were using in our own gyms. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's really important about the collective, the B2B product that we offer. Like if you're a gym owner, if a gym owner is listening, like we're not just talking about hypotheticals, we're providing business tools and resources that we use at our gyms every single day. We're not just in our houses, garage gym programming for a regular gym. We actually own gyms. And so we saw growth there because we provided tools that we were, we needed. And then for the end user model, um, yeah, we, we've seen some growth there, but we're still refining that model. Mm-hmm. I think we've refined our B2B, but our B2C is still needs some, a little bit of adjustment, a little bit of tweak here and there on the app. Mm-hmm. I think it's great, but we need to make sure we message it effectively. Yeah. Well, I know because during COVID, I mean, the virtual thing, that's just kind of how people had to do things. And I know like the, the gym that I do jujitsu at my kids had, went through their program as well. My older son was doing their, their Kempo program there and they had to go all through zoom and as rough as that can be, it, it worked. He, he, he got his next belt promotion through zoom, which was crazy. We, we bought a bag and put it in our garage and bought some mats and, but the virtual thing has become something that some people still have to use to this day mm-hmm. for some, you know, depending on who you are and what you do and where you live. But it's, I don't know, like I, I try to look at the positive sides of shitty things like the whole COVID situation. And I, I think a positive side is people learned how to adapt and do things a different way that they would have never thought of doing it. It's like doing a martial arts class through a zoom call. Like that's not something or, or a, or a, CrossFit class through Zoom call. I'm sure that happened. Yeah. And it's cool to me to see people adapt. And then again, on your end of things, you're the one putting out that curriculum for people and you're having to do, do it through a Zoom. And I'm sure that's frustrating as well, but you, you did it, I'm sure. And you you, got pivot. Yeah. You you adapt and you, you find the best way to do things. And I think that's kind of a cool side of what's happened this last, what year and a half. Yeah. People learning how to do things a different way and just making it work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing's totally negative. You know, there's lots of positives to pull out of it. You know, we have to adapt and change our perceptions and those perceptions that change gave us another outlet, you know, to be creative with whatever's work, school, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel, you know, unless you're living in a hole, but yeah, I feel like there was positives to take out of it. We don't have to be so morbid about the whole situation at all. So can we, I want to pivot a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about like what you guys do with your foundations and stuff because of what your daughter went through. Do you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah, no problem. I mean, my, my wife hosts an annual fundraiser called Ava's kitchen. Uh, it's hosted here in the Bay area. We fundraise a lot of money for kids fighting cancer. We partner up with a company called Nigu, which is never, ever give up. And we do all kinds of stuff. We send, checks to people. We do joy jars where they get jars in the hospital. We do uh, breakaway adventures where they go on mini vacations. We do all kinds of stuff. And so um, that's a big focus for us moving forward. Uh, my daughter was diagnosed with leukemia in 2016. And um, she spent, you know, we spent a lot of time in the hospital for the next couple of years. And um, 
So she's been out of treatment now for three years. And um, because of that, it's really dedicated our life to, to, you know, supporting families however we can. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said earlier, being a father, Kevin's a father is too. Like when I see somebody who I don't know, like yourself, I just see you online. Right. But I, I saw what was going on with your daughter and what, how you guys stepped up and you looked like just from, just from the internet, it looked like you were there for her when she needed you. And that gave me a whole nother respect for you, not knowing you personally, but being a dad, like I can't even imagine if my, one of my kids was sick and what you guys probably went through. And it was really cool to watch what you guys did. And I've, I've on my personal account, I followed you for probably since 2016. So I, I kind of watched the whole thing, you know, and it was, it, yeah, just uh, that's what I'm saying is I, I got more respect for you because of how I saw you handle that just through the internet. I'm sure there yeah, was well, rough times. Thanks. I mean, but. yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of people would handle it, would have handled it. I hope similar, right? But you know, at that point, it's just what else are you gonna do? Meaning, like, you know, I was very fortunate. We had built a successful business. Um, you know, we had really great relationships, my family, and we had a lot of support. Um, but where else are you gonna be? What else are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Right? You're gonna you're going to man up, you're going to step up, you're going to be in the hospital every day, all day, and you're going to put your sole focus and attention on curing this disease. I mean, there's not, there's nothing else. There's no other focus. It's it, nope. there's, and that's just the way it goes. So the day that we got the news, um, everything else, I mean, everything else, um, took a back seat. Now, fortunately, because we have such phenomenal people at our company, they could take care of that. And we had great family dynamics. So my mom and dad were able to help me with my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and my fitness was still good. And I was able to get in workouts in the parking lot of the hospital a lot. But that was the main focus. The goal is when you get that type of news, initially you attack it, right? You want to say to yourself, okay, what can I do that's in my control? Well, what's in my control is to become as much of an expert in this particular disease as quickly as possible and avoid going down negative rabbit holes, but stay focused on really great uh, educational material so I could be more prepared with what is to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's another thing I saw you doing on Instagram was working out in the parking lot of a hospital. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's awesome that we were talking about adapting. Like, there you go. That's, that was really, that's the positive side. I think of social media is to th- see things like, just like that, where yeah, you, you were adapting on a personal, personal level by you had to get your workout in and then watching your little girl adapt through craziness in her life and you guys adapt with things it's that's the positive side i think of social media yeah you can see it and hopefully it drives you to do the same thing like oh when i have an obstacle in my life obstacles are opportunities right you you educate yourself really quickly on something because it's like this is out of necessity Mm -hmm. right and you learn very quickly doing that and retain information because of the way you viewed that and that's good for people to see that like oh shit when think bad things happen let's adapt let's learn and let's become a better person. Let's be virtuous about this and not be a victim. You know, mm-hmm. um, is, how, how old is how old is your daughter now? Ten. So she was what? Four. Six, four so she four. was diagnosed at four. She Jeez. was treated for three. She's been out for three. Yeah. We have two more until she's considered cured. So yeah, it's it's right on track, and we yeah. just got to keep making moves. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a you know obviously it was a life changing life changing news life changing. Um, I'd say uh, journey, um, but you know, fortunately for my wife and I, you know, this this information came at a relatively young age for ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be able to use those lessons learned for the rest of our life, which is, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't wish it happened, mm-hmm. but the fact that it did, it's able to prepare us for the future better. I mean, our family, when it comes to COVID and having tough conversations and overcoming obstacles, I mean, it's not even like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of what we had to deal with back then. So it, it, it makes things put a lot of different perspective on it. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it did. Yeah. That's is is she and is your daughter involved in like the Ava's kitchen and stuff like that too? Because that's probably that's right. Is she is she aware like the impact? Because like I said, people that followed you online were aware of that whole situation. And being like ten years old, is she aware? Like, there's people out there that think that she's a total badass. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I think the Ava's kitchen events a good example of that we 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 have a hundred we have a hundred people there. It's it's small, but it's a live auction. We raise. Um, on average, we raise actually like three or 400,000 at that event. So it's pretty wild. And she gets up on the stage and she helps the live auction and she helps with the cooking. So a lot of people know her there. And then we host regular blood drives at our gym that she always attends. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal for us. We do a lot of blood drives. Um, and so, yes, she, she's aware of it a little bit. Um, and, you know, the feedback was always really positive. And I, I really appreciate the way the community stepped up for us. Yeah, that is that is awesome. And that's like you said, after going through that, other things probably don't seem so bad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's unique to have that community. Cause again, whether it's CrossFit or, you know, a branch off of it, it's, you don't really see that in a lot of places. Like you, you know what I mean? Like you see it in tight groups in the military, but you know, it's just like, Hey, we work at a corporate office somewhere. People don't necessarily do that either. Like when people really struggle or suffer together, that's what makes you get really close together. And so that's honestly my biggest takeaway from, you know, the last, you know, 12 years, 13 years of CrossFit is the community. Absolutely. 100%. Because you, you suck it, you suck it up and you eat shit with people and then they're get, they got your back no matter what, you know? And, yeah. Um, we wouldn't have a lot of that community without it, you know? It would just be solely military, you know, firefighters, cops and, you know, collegiate athletes, but it's this whole other avenue to bring people together. Well, I think in, in, in a lot of things, communities, jujitsu is a prime example. Like I found a little community of people when I started doing jujitsu and I'm sure you, you have as well. Um, cause you're all going through the same shit together and you're in jujitsu, you're trying to kill each other. Yeah. You can't, <laughs> and afterwards, you can't, you can't fake an ego when someone's choking you. No, you know? no, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. So have you ever competed any jujitsu stuff? Yeah. I've competed three or four times. Mm-hmm. Um, I might compete. Uh, I'm doing the Rogue Invitational, which is coming up here at the end of the month for CrossFit, mm-hmm. but I might compete later on in November um, in Jiu-Jitsu. More okay. than likely, I will, That's because cool. um, I don't know exactly when I'm going to get my brown belt, but I don't think it's that far off. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I want to make sure I get another competition at Purple. That's awesome. Yeah. it's How, how old are you? 36 just turned oh geez old man no <laughs> uh no but it's 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 cool to it's see it's jake's birthday today he's 33 it is my birthday oh today. nice but uh my birthday thank you <laughs> uh no but like I've, i did one tournament when i and i was really new into jujitsu and i had no business entering into a tournament but i really wanted to get the experience <clears throat> i think i was like six months into jujitsu and i joined the I forget what it was. It was a beginner class, but that was a year to a year and a half in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So I was a little behind the other guys, and I, I did not win because of that. But it was really cool to go in and see all these different people of all different ages and different backgrounds, and everybody's in there competing with kind of a common goal. And it's funny because I was 31 or 30 at the time, 
And because I was a beginner white belt, beginner heavyweight, there was not much for me to pick from because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's not very many beginner heavyweights. And so they had to merge my class and the masters together, which the masters was 35 and up, which to me is not masters. That's not old, but it was 35 and up. So it was me and the other guys were like 35, 36, 37, but they had to merge us together. And it was cool to see all these different ages, different backgrounds, yeah, all in there, just kind of trying to prove something to themselves. And, and to see like you, you're, you're a very accomplished athlete. Obviously you're, you won the CrossFit games. I mean, you're still competing. You're still going and doing other things. And that's, that's like we were saying, the community thing. That's cool to see that people still, still go and have something to do. And it keeps you from being neurotic. If you're just doing one thing, if you're just doing fitness or just CrossFit, you're going to be so wrapped up in your own world that you're just neurotic and probably an asshole. So it's like, you have to have something else to learn and, you know, have humility with every day that keeps you like a leveled person, you know? Well, um, jiu-jitsu will do that. <laughs> yeah, that'll do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but uh, we do appreciate you coming and doing this. Yeah, um, no problem, man. I'm just, hey, I'm here along for the ride, ready to rock, whatever yeah, you guys need. Yeah, man. I'm well, glad to be on. Well, you know, totally. it's it's especially, sometimes it's hard, like, when you don't personally know somebody. Like, we, this is our first time we've ever kind of met face-to-face, and it's through a computer screen. And, but even then, you can still have just a conversation and kind of pick each other's brains a little bit. And that's kind of what we do. And we've done a lot of zoom podcasts, especially with COVID and especially because of just not living in the same areas, but you can have a good conversation still through zoom. It can be, it can be kind of challenging sometimes. Well, I mean, you can't touch the other person's leg and stuff. Well, that's what I like to do when they're coming in person. Like, (laughs) Oh God, I like to make it weird for a while, you know, make you coffee, you know, but no, I mean, it's there is, and there's also like, you get that, you get a little bit of a lag sometimes with zoom and that'll make it awkward. Yeah, we have a lag right now. That's we, cool. Yeah, it has lagged a little bit, but but it's it's cool. Like I said, people from different backgrounds, different walks of life who probably never would have ever had a reason to talk to each other. You can do that now. Yeah. And you can kind of get a different perspective. So, so yeah. yeah. And that's the purpose. That's the whole purpose of this podcast. It's like, it's somewhere between like, you know, Seinfeld where it's like, it's a show about nothing and like something about something, you know what I mean? Like it's not specifically about like, I want to ask you about like what kind of shoes you wear. Like I was, we just trying to get, we just want to get to know people's like motivations. Like people that are successful for one, or at least driven when the driven, pre, driven people are usually always successful synonymous with each other. Right. So what drives a person, you know, was it events in their life? Is it just an innate thing, you know? Um, and if it can inspire somebody to get their ass up two hours earlier every day, like, mm-hmm. yes, because then we're surrounding ourselves with better people mm-hmm. and it makes us feel better, right? Uh, it's more of that tribal instinct, right? Like, uh, um, yeah, like, wow, what was it? Uh, I'm trying to remember that guy's name, that psychologist, but he was talking about like a group of people always push up another person at a time because it makes them essentially feel better, look better in their own tribe. Mm-hmm. Like, they're never going to push themselves mm-hmm. up, they're going to push someone else up around them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, nah, it makes so much sense because all of us do that. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're doing with the podcast. We want to push other people up, we want to show people what you're doing um, and give them an eye, you know, a glimpse into what you're doing in your lifestyle. And, um, you know, and it's, it honestly really does help. Well, people, people always ask me, they're like, what's the theme of your podcast? I'm like, we don't Seinfeld, have, dude. We don't have a theme. Yeah. We don't have a theme. Like we we kind of just wing it and we go into it kind of blind sometimes. But sometimes with people we've we barely know and it can turn out good because you like we, we, today talking to you. We've in this short time, our listeners, if they don't know who you are, they're going to learn a little bit about you and hopefully it'll be motivating to them. And it's 
yeah, there is no theme other than just talk. I always tell them it's like it's conversation based. Like I don't know what you mean by theme. It's not a murder mystery podcast. It's not I don't a fucking know. murder mystery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, could you tell us a little bit about your podcast? I mean, you seems like you, yeah, you're on a lot of podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I'm on a lot of podcasts about a lot of different things. But um, recently, we used to have the business of fitness podcast, and it was all about the business side of fitness. And then I pivoted it to this one called Effort Over Everything, and the idea is. We're going to start putting out two shows a week. The first of uh, the week is just going to be like this effort week. It's a new thing with two guys that we work with, Gabe and MDV. Um, a lot of our audience knows who they are. We're just going to talk about whatever is on our minds about different subjects. So that's our Monday episode. Thursday episode, oftentimes we have a guest uh, this week. I think it's actually going to be Tim Kennedy. We're going to talk about Apogee, which is a school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had quite a few. I mean, we just have guests on Thursdays and we do solo episodes on Monday with the, you know, Gabe and MDV. And the idea is to pivot from just about business to more idea of like, you know, putting in effort in your daily lives. And mm-hmm. what does that mean to you? And, and just having great conversations. It's, it's things that I'm interested in, right? Yeah. I'm very interested in children and their fitness. So it got me talking to Apogee because mm-hmm. they're a new form of school. And I, I really like that conversation. Or I'll maybe talk to somebody about business or maybe i'll talk to somebody about fitness or whatever it it, it allows me to open the door to whatever conversations i want to have mm-hmm. absolutely yeah that's that's actually the one i listened to today the one you guys released today and it was i had ne- actually never listened to your podcast until today and i was listening to it this morning and i'm like oh, well i got a new podcast to listen to now because i enjoyed it but- yeah it was just like that monday monday session we talked about different subjects and then thursdays with the guests mm-hmm. that's that's cool yeah we've We've done a few with just Kevin and myself with no guest, and sometimes they go really well. We'll just sit here and be our idiotic selves and bullshit with each other, but it's so much better for us to have a guest because you have someone else to bounce off of a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. For and, sure. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is we always – like our style of podcast is a little different too, which I think rounds this out because, you know, I love informative podcasts. I love it when like – because that's kind of my – that's my – pipeline right is astrophysics i love it when scientists are on like joe rogan and stuff like that like i want to be informed i want to know how your mind works i want to know the science of things and move forward with that you know mm-hmm. um you know like if i want to laugh i'll go fart in a bathtub you know like but i'm here for like information you know most of the time um and so and that's why i'm really interested too with intim kenny because i've been following out on instagram i'm like oh man that looks so cool like just getting because what he's doing is a it's a step backward, which is a step forward. It's going back to, Hey, here's how the brains function in small kids. Here's what's going to benefit them versus sticking down in a chair for eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. Cause that is, you know, the modern society is not based off of a very modern approach that doesn't really work very well. It does for some kids. Um, and he's absolutely right. You know, that contrarian idea is really just real, you know? And so yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm, all, I'm definitely going to listen to that. Cause yeah. that'd be really cool for sure. Awesome. Yeah. No, check it out. It should be coming out on Thursday. Cool. Fingers awesome. crossed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's that's another guy we've been trying to get a hold of is Tim. Oh yeah. We we know people that are friends with him. We're friends with people that are friends with him, but he's a hard guy to track down. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Absolutely. But yeah, so awesome. Well, I guess we can go ahead and wrap this up. Uh yeah. if you want to tell our listeners where they can find you and all the stuff you do, and I'll I'll put a lot of that in the description of the podcast. I mean they, they can go to nc.fit, they can go to Jason Cleep on Instagram. Um that's probably the best two places, right? Mm-hmm. NC.fit on Instagram or NC.fit on the website. That's it. And then Jason Kalipa. Awesome. Well, dude, we appreciate you doing this. It was good talking with you. And yeah. Thank you, man. All right. Keep All charging. Right. Keep getting after it. And I hope you guys have a great day. You, you too, too, man. All right. Bye.
See ya.